Are you a hybrid athlete who wants to learn more about how to combine your strength and endurance training? Well, I've written a new book, The Science of Hybrid Training. In this book, I provide insight into the misconceptions surrounding strength and endurance training by distilling the past 50 years of research and drawing on the conversations I had with great scientists, coaches, and athletes on the Progress Theory podcast. This book is essential reading for hybrid athletes and coaches who are looking to understand the key training variables and their effect on the simultaneous development of strength and endurance performance. Get your copy now, available to buy from Amazon. Now, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Progress Theory, where we discuss how to implement scientific principles for optimizing human performance. On today's episode, we're joined by Associate Professor Jess Hill, an exercise physiologist and an expert researcher into the use of compression garments. Compression garments are readily used within sport, particularly endurance sports such as running and cycling and team-based sports, field-based sports such as football and rugby. However, like many sports equipment available on the market, it makes you wonder, one, are compression garments worth the money? And two, do they actually work? Do they actually improve peak performance by improving our rate of recovery? In this episode, Jess answers those questions. She discusses what type of compression garments to wear, when to use them, and also if using them too much can actually decrease the level of adaptations you're trying to achieve through training. As always, follow The Progress Theory on Instagram, YouTube, and your podcast app. Here is Dr. Jess Hill. Jess, how are we? Good. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for coming on The Progress Theory. Yeah, bringing you on here is kind of following a certain trend that I'm doing with the show. Okay. So similar to the Luke Hughes episode, we had his discussions around blood flow restriction training. Like It's something that's really popular. A lot of people are starting to use, but I was unsure if a lot of people knew the science behind how it works. And I thought, what other things that people use quite often that I'm not sure people know as much about? And I was like, compression garments, definitely. <laughs> and then I remember your PhD. Do you remember that particular study where you recreated a, an, marathon. a marathon? And then <laughs> oh, I, came, yes. I came down to act as a marshal. Yeah, yeah. And there's just broken people just coming down. I was like, right, compression garments, I've got to give you a shout yeah. to uh, talk about yeah. that. So, I, I think in that study... They did five five mile laps around Twickenham with an extra bit on the end to make it up to yeah. marathon distance. That extra bit must have been breaking. You get to the end of the lap, you're like, oh. And keep going. Yeah, exactly. Just to mug them off at the end. Yeah. Anyway, before we go into your subject area, do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? So I am a physiologist. I have worked with lots of different sports teams, rowing, rugby over the years, helping out with various physiology aspects. And I've been working now at St Mary's since I think 2008. So I've been here a fair while. And my area of expertise is in recovery from exercise-induced muscle damage. Mm. And my PhD was on compression and how effective it is as a recovery strategy. Mm. And have you continued working on compression garments since uh, finishing your PhD? Yes, so we're carrying on that research now and I've got a PhD student who's continuing really where I left off and doing some exciting research Mm. uh, into the effectiveness of made-to-measure compression. Yeah. Well, let's get into the topic then. Yeah. Like, how do compression... Well, what are compression garments, first of all? Yeah, okay. So, compression garments are tight-fitting 
garments mm. that apply a level of pressure at various points. So you, you can get lower limb compression garments, you can get upper limb compression garments, you can get like forearm sleeves, calf sleeves, or you can get whole body compression suits. Mm. But the key thing is that they are designed to apply a level of pressure to the tissue underneath. And that's done in various ways. But the most common that you see is graduated compression, where it's tighter at the ankle or the wrist, and then becomes less tight as you move up towards the midline of the body. Okay, what's the reason for that? That, I believe, is related to blood flow. So it's supposed to help venous return to the heart Mm. by having the pressure graduated in that way. So facilitating the return of blood to the heart. Yeah. And physiologically, how does it work? Like, where was the link between thinking, oh, if we apply a bit of uh, compression here, that would actually improve recovery? Yeah, I I mean, I think historically it's come from a number of, of places and really it depends on what you're using the compression garments for. So they're typically used either for enhancing performance, in which case you're going to be looking for improvements in blood flow or you're looking at reducing swelling and inflammation. So a lot of the reduction in swelling and inflammation comes from the traditional rest, ice, compress and elevate or like clinical settings where we use compression to help patients with diseases like lymphedema or like swelling of the limbs and things like that. Mm. So we know that compression can help reduce the accumulation of fluid in a limb. So that is the similar response that happens to muscle injury when we exercise. So it if we're exercising and getting a small amount of muscle damage, which is associated with an inflammatory response, the application of pressure might minimize that inflammation and help us accelerate the recovery process. Okay. Is there a certain time where you have to put the compression garments on post-exercise for that to be maximized? Nobody knows. <laughs> so it's a bit of a minefield, I think. So we there's a lot of things we don't know, and we don't know how... We don't know any of the timings of when they should be applied, but the general consensus is put them on as soon as possible after exercise and continue to wear them. My advice is always wear them overnight if you can for at least 24 hours. But like if you think of, so if you're doing some exercise that's going to result in muscle damage, that muscle damage, the process is happening as you're doing the exercise. So you're getting that inflammatory response straight away. So you you do theoretically want to apply that garment to reduce the swelling as soon as possible after Mm. exercise. So as quick as you can, shower and put them on. (laughs) So say, well, I've got half iron coming up in just under two weeks. Say I've performed the race. Yeah. Ideally, get washed up as soon as possible. Yeah. Put the compression garment on. Yeah. Maybe stay in it overnight. Sleep in it overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Do I then have to continue? Like, I'm not going to like, I've got work Monday, turn up in a full compression suit. Is it, would it be a good idea to put it on again, maybe in the evening and maybe do it for a few days after just to maximize recovery? Again, we don't know, but we did a compression and we did a meta-analysis on compression a little while ago. And it said that a lot of the benefits that you get happen within the first 24 hours. So I would say as long as you put it on after the event, wear it overnight, Mm. you've probably got 
the majority of the benefits. I mean, if you can keep it on for longer, it isn't going to do any harm, but we don't know. We just don't know the length of time. There yeah. haven't been enough, the research in that area yet to, yeah. to know. Would the type of compression garment be very important? Because say I've done that uh, particular, or I've done a, um, a marathon, so it's a lot of stress on the legs. Uh, and say I've put like a compression socks on yeah. and wear them for... 24 hours afterwards would that be enough or is it when you've done something like that where it's hugely fatiguing yeah. centrally as well as peripherally could I wear just socks or would it be recommended that I wear the full suit I don't think I don't think you need to wear a suit but I do think that the compression needs to be on the affected muscle so if you've done a marathon you're probably going to have muscle damage in your quadriceps and your calves. Mm. So I would wear a full leg compression garment rather than just the socks yeah. and you'll get the most benefit out of that, I would expect. Okay. Is that what you found with that particular study? That With the, the marathon, marathon study, we found that it was just muscle soreness that was affected. So people that wore compression garments had significantly less muscle soreness compared to the placebo group. Or the placebo group was sham ultrasound so we the other group that didn't have compression garments because it's quite hard to blind yeah, against compression because you know whether you're you've got the compression garment or you haven't yeah. so the background for that study was we wanted to look at the effectiveness of compression but also control for placebo effect so we told people that we were looking at different therapeutic treatments to help with recovery and half of the group had compression and the other half of, of the group, we told they were having therapeutic ultrasound. We put them on a massage couch, put the ultrasound machine on, yeah. covered them with ultrasound gel, went through the motions, but we didn't turn the ultrasound machine on. So the only significant finding we had with that study was that soreness was reduced with compression. But I think what we have to remember with that particular group of people is that they were highly trained individuals. Mm. There's not many people that you could say, can you run a marathon for me? Mm. Just five, five mile laps around, around St. Mary's and an extra little <laughs> bit on the end to make it up to a yeah, marathon. Yeah. You, you, there's not many people that could do that. The people that are doing that, the people that can do that are running those distances all the time. Mm. So they're habituated to the training. So they probably experience significantly less muscle damage doing that event than somebody who's probably trained for their first marathon yeah so i think that would have an impact on the findings yeah i can imagine the people that took part in that study right the marathon's long enough for yeah you to think right i need to train up for that yeah marathon out of the blue no i'm not going to do no. that i need to train up for that yeah so for people to to volunteer for that yeah. must be pretty good runners and also i mean i can't remember off the top of my head but i think the average completion time for that marathon was about two hours 50 minutes three hours so really so those people <laughs> or maybe it was maybe it's around three hours yeah. i can find the exact time if you want it but those people that are able to to do it that quickly you know are seasoned runners yeah so yeah, yeah they're familiar with that type of exercise and they don't get the same amount of muscle damage so the infl inflammatory response is going to be less yeah and therefore the capacity of the treatment to have an effect is going to be smaller so do you think the effect of compression garments would be better or well, more effective in those that are less 
trained? Yeah, I think the the capacity for them to have a beneficial effect is going to be greater in those people who are less well trained because mm. their inflammatory response is going to be greater. So because they're not familiar with, like we know with exercise-induced muscle damage, the people that suffer are the people that aren't familiar with the type of exercise or are doing something that's really heavy on like eccentric muscle actions. Mm. So when those sorts of people will have a greater muscle damage response in terms of like they might feel more sore afterwards, they'll have a greater inflammatory response, they might feel more stiff, the range of motion will decrease, reduced ability to produce force. All of those negative symptoms associated with muscle damage are going to be greater in the unaccustomed individual than they will be in your highly trained participant or athlete. So then if you're looking at a strategy to minimize negative symptoms, it's going to have greater influence or greater capacity to work when you've got a greater magnitude of the the symptoms that are being experienced. Yeah, of course. Is there an element of, of a placebo effect? And the only reason I say that is because when I've put like compression leggings on, yeah, they feel pretty good. They do. And if you put them on yeah. after you've just run, I don't know, half marathon, yeah. whether it works or not, you're like, oh, that feels good. So the psychological effect might be quite powerful. I, I don't know. Is there anything yeah, on that? Yeah, I mean, there isn't anything that's directly assessed that. But mm. I, I think from what we know about the placebo effect and the power of the placebo, that it, it, it 100% is going to have, an, that there will be a placebo effect. It, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's going to be, I guess, to and I'm not a psychologist, but it, to somewhat like your belief in how effective that garment is probably going to be influenced is going to influence your response a lot of the measures we take are subjective as well so we say to you how sore are you feeling on a scale of like one to ten and if you really like the comfort and the feel of the garment you you might be like yeah this feels great i feel great like i don't feel sore at all because these feel lovely and they are manufactured to feel nice and they look nice they feel nice they're sleek and interestingly you you think they're going to be uncomfortable to sleep in but a lot of the feedback we've had through our research is that people really like anecdotally liked sleeping in them and people were saying that they had and this is only anecdotal better night sleep when wearing the garments which i thought was quite interesting and a little bit unexpected yeah i've seen recently that weighted blankets when sleeping are getting popular i don't know if it gives a bit of a very comforting feeling. I wonder if it's a a similar effect. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, yeah. I I have no idea if anyone's looked at like any physiological changes that have caused by just having some kind of weight or compression on the body and then... Yeah, I I don't know of any research that has, but yeah, I mean, I guess it probably works in a similar way there. Yeah. I wonder how it would feel to sleep in like just the legs versus the full compression. Full suit. <laughs> my turn feel a bit turned up to bed. My wife's going to look over and go, what are you wearing? And I'm just there looking like I'm ready for bobsled. Yeah, I'd love to hear some of the conversations of the people that have taken part in my studies over the years when I've like, I'd like you to wear some compression garments and I want you to keep them on for 48 hours, please, yeah. even to sleep in. I'd love to have heard some of those conversations. What are you doing coming to bed in those? <laughs> We've had various types as well. So we've had the we've had the sports like the sports types that you get off the shelf, the yeah. like standardized sizes, and then we've also looked at the medical garments, which look like tights. Like yeah, I had to wear some of those when I've had my knee surgeries. Yeah, yeah. So so they are very different. They look different. They feel different. The fabric's different. And then we've also looked at made to measure. And yeah, so there's quite a variety. Okay, because I'm. I remember a while ago you said about made to measure. Yeah. And how 
that is really important when it comes to the effectiveness of the compression garment. Yeah, so if you bought one off, off, the off the shelf, you don't know how effective it's going to be because it isn't specific to your body shape and size. Yeah, I mean, I think with compression, you want to make sure that you're actually getting some compression. And the difficulty is you don't know because you're the typical athlete that might buy a pair of compression garments has got no way of knowing how well their garments are fitting. And if you think of like your branded garments that you buy in standardized sizes mm. usually it says what's your height what's your weight based upon your height and weight you're either a small media large medium large extra large like large with a long leg so so you're categorized into a particular size based upon your height and weight but if you think you've got 10 people who are all a size medium based on their height and weight they've all got very different body shapes so some people might have large quadriceps some people might have large calves, some people might have smaller calves. And then the leg profile, for example, is going to vary. And therefore, the compression across that group of people who are all a medium is going to be different. Mm. So we've actually looked into that as well, where we fitted up 50 people with commercially available compression garments based upon their height and weight and looked at how much compression they were getting from those garments. And, and the range was huge. Some people were only getting about four millimeters of mercury um, with some people getting the target, which is about 18 to 22, depending on where you're looking on the leg. But the majority of the people fell short of the optimal. Press so they're not getting enough compression. That's interesting. But another issue with the compression research is we don't actually know how much is beneficial. Yeah. So we think it probably works a little bit like an inverted U where you you have an optimal amount, but then when you go above that optimal amount, you start to see detrimental effects. Mm. But there hasn't been enough research to show what that optimal level of compression is. There are some studies out there that have looked at different pre compression pressures. So we did one such study ourselves looking at the commercial garments off the shelf versus we looked at medical garments, clinical grade two, which are fitted slightly different. So they're fitted based upon your leg circumference. So you measure your thigh and your calf circumference at about seven or eight points up and down the leg. Mm. And then your garment is fitted based upon your circumference measures, which is going to give you a more accurate fit. But we made sure that the, the level of compression was much tighter in those clinical grade two garments. And we found that the higher pressure delivered by the clinical grade two garments was more effective mm. in reducing some of the symptoms of muscle damage compared to um, the the commercially available garments that are fitted based on height and weight because those the, that population received lower level of compression. So mm. we do suspect that higher compression is better up to a point, but we don't know what that point is. Yeah. You said earlier about, was it 18 to 20? Yeah. So, so we think it's about 18 to 22 millimeters of mercury mm. is the optimum. That's the general recommendation in the literature, but you could go higher than that a little bit higher than that, not too, I mean, I guess we don't know, but yeah. I think you could go higher than that a little bit um, and see beneficial effects. Mm. But I guess the higher the level of compression is, the more uncomfortable they become to wear, yeah. particularly for long periods of time. So, Do you think those that are more experienced in sport may need the higher level? So if, you're, if you've got novice, amateur, elite, yeah. for example, there's three categories of athletes, do you think lower pressure for the novice 
amateur would have slightly more, elite would have slightly more than that, but we still don't really know what kind of boundaries they are. I mean, this would only be speculative because I don't know the answer and I don't know that the research is out there to mm. answer it, but I would say it doesn't matter. What okay. matters is going to be the level of inflammation that you're getting. So if you think, if we think about the mechanism, when you're experiencing inflammation, you're getting an, like an increase, infiltration of fluid and white blood cells to the damaged area. So that causes the limb circumference to increase slightly. Now, the application of compression, what we're doing is we're compressing that tissue. So we're reducing the space available for swelling to occur. So if you're going to experience a bigger inflammatory response, if anything, I'd say a tighter garment would be better because you're going to reduce that space for swelling to occur even more. That would be, but that is just a guess. I think with elite athletes, they've already gone through, like with the training load, they've already gone through the muscle damage and recovery cycle. So they're familiar, they're habituated with the training. The amount of inflammation they experience as a part of their day-to-day training is going to be very low anyway. So I don't necessarily think the level of compression would matter in that way. Is there anywhere online where people can get made-to-measure type compression garments? Yeah, so there are are a couple of companies that do made-to-measure garments and they will scan your limb and they can, I think, almost 3D print a garment that's specifically tailored to your own personal measurements. Mm. It's highly technical. You can you can even tell them what pressure you want and they should be able to manufacture the garment to that specific pressure. Wow. Are they yeah, expensive clever. or... I mean, I can imagine uh, that being quite expensive, yeah, I but mean, it'd I'm be not, worthwhile Yeah, to... I don't think that... I'd say they're probably twice the price of your commercially available garment. But you know that you're getting, you could buy your commercially available garment and it doesn't give you any more compression than a standard pair of running leggings. You've got no way of knowing. But at least if you've got the the made-to-measure garments, you know that they're going to be giving you a good level of compression. It's tailored to you. The garments are made specifically for your profile. Yeah. I mean, compression garments seem to cost around 40, 50 quid anyway. Yeah. The thought of paying 50 quid for something that may not work yeah. is sounds awful to me. So I'd rather pay 100 <laughs> yeah. quid for something that you for something know, know is going to work. Yeah, absolutely. It makes complete sense to me. Absolutely. If using compression garments can really aid with recovery, can it also help with improving performance if we can recover quicker? then yeah. does that in turn help with improving performance? Yeah, uh, that, I mean, a lot of the recovery research comes from that. So we kind of, if we think about how we train and our competition, the person that tends to do the most training has the most adaptation and therefore is likely to more likely to win. So we know if we look at training theory, like after a period of training, you have a temporary reduction in performance and you have to wait a period of time before your performance goes back to baseline or you get a slight improvement. If we can reduce that recovery time, then theoretically somebody can do more training in the form of volume, intensity or frequency. So in that way, potentially, yes, recovery strategies like compression garments can improve performance. But I guess the other way that compression garments are used are as like a performance during. So some people might might wear them during exercise to enhance performance. Mm. I think a lot of the research on compression is inconclusive, but generally we believe that there aren't 
any performance benefits of wearing garments whilst you're exercising. The the benefit of compression happens afterwards as a recovery strategy by accelerating that recovery process, minimizing the negative symptoms associated with muscle damage. And then potentially you can do more training and improve performance that way. Okay. In my head, when you're saying it's about the type of exercise to get some kind of physiological response... I'm thinking eccentric exercise to create some kind of muscle damage. Yeah. And you've, you know, if someone wants to try and achieve improvements in hypertrophy, you want to increase the amount of muscle damage. So I'm thinking, I don't know, whatever sport, but also like, say, I don't know, bodybuilding. I can imagine bodybuilders being really drawn to this level of recovery because if they can create as much muscle damage yeah. as possible quicken the level of recovery then they can get back to yeah training training to create more muscle damage and you know (laughs) the cycle keeps repeating but it does it in a more in a quicker way yes but i I guess there is another there's another gray area there or like a a, maybe a minefield and that is so if we're using these recovery strategies like compression garments to reduce inflammation and we're using them all the time We know that inflammation is important for adaptation. So a lot of your adaptation happens in the recovery phase and is driven by the inflammatory response. So if you're minimizing the inflammatory response, is that having a negative effect on adaptation? So are you affecting adaptation by doing so? There isn't any research that has specifically looked at compression having an effect on adaptation but we know a lot of there is emerging research in cold water immersion that suggests frequent use of cold water immersion to reduce the inflammatory response is blunting adaptation okay yeah there's one study that's been done that uh, that i know of that that it's a training study so two groups of individuals did the same strength training one group had cold water immersion after the sessions the other group didn't and the strength gains were greater in the group that did not have the cold water immersion Mm. so i would be wary of wearing compression garments all the time (laughs) my advice would be to not rely on them as a recovery modality after every exercise session yeah but if you're doing your event like a half an iron man where you're expecting to feel sore afterwards you've probably done your training and you've got your adaptation up to that point so i would wear the garment after that event to help with the recovery and the reduction of negative symptoms afterwards okay Uh, yeah that does make a lot of sense actually. yeah or like if you're involved in a tournament like rugby sevens and other sports in the olympics where you have to compete multiple times over a short period of time mm. i would wear the garments then between the between like games. between games or between your competitions to help maximize recovery in a short period of time and because you've done your training up to that point you've got your adaptation it shouldn't have any detrimental effects on the adaptive response. So it really sounds like when you wear the compression garments is, is a huge factor. <laughs> yes, I would wear say. Wear it too much, it blunts your adaptive response. It, yeah, it could wear do. We don't time. know, but yeah, it could do. Yeah. Wear it at the wrong time, you won't get the effect yeah. of wearing a compression garment. Not tight enough, you won't get any effect. <laughs> there's <laughs> lots There's lots that we don't know. Yeah. I was wondering if we could conclude it by like, what are the key things to look out for, for when, or what are the recommendations for wearing compression garments? So one would be made to measure. 
Yeah, made to measure if possible. If not, and you're fitting them based on your height and weight, try and get the smallest size that you can fit into. Because yeah. the amount of compression is going to be more. So if you're on the cusp of sizes, go into the smaller size, made to measure if possible. Yeah. Put it on as soon after exercise as you can and keep them on for 24 hours if possible. Sleep in them if possible. And it's going to have the biggest effect probably after resistance type exercise. And the biggest effect you'll see within is within the first 24 hours. 24 hours. And it will be very dependent on the type of exercise. You said resistance, but anything which is going to cause a lot of yeah. mechanical damage. Yeah. And then you put the compression garment on the area that would have had that damage. So yeah. like running, you would have calves and quads. Yeah. yeah, make sure you're applying it to the area where the damage is going to happen. Because if you think what we're trying to do is reduce the space available for swelling to occur, mm. so you need to apply that compression to the area where the swelling is going to be. And, that, and that's the area that's been damaged. Yeah. So with my half iron... With your half up. Iron Man, I would put them on afterwards. Just after the event. As soon as you can than, after the event. Say that with my training leading up to it. So I've got eight weeks and yeah. the largest runs or cycles often happen at the weekends because that's when you have the most time to be able to do that sort of thing. Would you recommend wearing them after like a big key session as well or just... Uh, I mean, it's a trade-off mm. because... You, if you're, if you've done a big session and you're looking for a, adaptations from that session, and you could be affecting the adaptation by wearing them, but then if you know that you are going to be wanting to train again the next day, it, uh, it's a tough. That's a that is a tough question. Yeah. It, it's a trade off. So I think ultimately it's going to be what works for you. Yeah, yeah. Probably a cop out answer. No, I think that's <laughs> I think that's a wicked answer because. Especially one of the aims of this podcast is to show you how multifactorial everything is and you're trying to weigh up all the different factors yeah. and make a decision. And it's, a lot of the time you make that decision with the best interests. Yeah. You don't really know if you've made the right decision until it's all passed through and you yeah. reflect on it. But it's important to discuss all the things <laughs> that can affect it yeah. so you have the ability to make the best judgment you can. Yeah. So it's like I, I think it depends on the aims of that training block that you're in. If mm. it's a, a training block to improve adaptation, then I wouldn't wear the garments probably. I'd say yeah. try not to yeah. unless you're really struggling. Wear it afterwards. afterwards. I think that's what I'm going to do <laughs> for 24 hours after the half iron. I've got a selection. You can borrow a pair if you want. All right. I've been thinking that if I can't get made to measure, I'll order an extra small and just try and squeeze into it to try and, well, I suppose it's the inverted U. I'll probably end up going too far, wouldn't I? But You'll I know because they'll start to feel uncomfortable. Really? I think so. Yeah. That's the key subjective variable to look out for. Hurts? Yeah. Ah, if they feel uncomfortable, they're probably too tight. If your ankles or feet are swelling, they're too tight. Yeah. Well, Jess, that was amazing. Okay, so we always ask this question to all of our guests. If you had to pick any guest to be on the progress theory, who would you have? It doesn't necessarily have to be related to compression garments, but who do you think would be really quite interesting? One person or maybe a group of people? I think it would be really interesting to see a conversation between the CEO of a company who manufactures commercially available garments versus the CEO of a company who manufactures made-to-measure garments. I would like to see a discussion between those guys over who thinks their garment is more superior and why. That would be cool. That would be more, interesting. <laughs> more debate. Because there are clearly some really good products out there. There are, there are. And, but there are 
key variables which affect the the effectiveness of the product. So yeah, absolutely, mass production. Yeah, like mass production is going to mean sacrifices, but that doesn't mean that the garment is a poor garment. I don't know. Yeah, I think it would be it'd be interesting to hear. Might have to get you on good as well. Good debate. Because it would be good to have uh, someone that's done I a lot of science research behind it. <laughs> he, could be, he could be the debate leader. The debate leader. Well, no, that's an actual role, isn't it? When someone's like the head of the debate. It's, I'm sure it's got a certain title. But anyway. Anyways, yes. Thank Great. you. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Dr. Jess Hill for coming on to the Progress Theory and talking about her research on compression garments. It was great to get an understanding of what we currently know about compression garments. They've been purchased and used by athletes for years, yet how they improve recovery is less well known. I definitely think we should be more aware of how these interventions work to help sports performance before we start using them ourselves, especially as so many factors always seem to influence their effectiveness. I just wanted to provide some final thoughts on key areas which really stood out for me. Firstly, it was the importance of made-to-measure compression garments. The thought of spending 50 quid on some generic compression leggings only to find that they don't apply the right level of compression really annoys me. Compression works, but it appears only if you buy the right garments. Made-to-measure garments are designed so that the garment is specific to your body shape and size. They may be more expensive, however, it is more likely they will have a positive effect on your recovery, so it would be worth spending the extra pennies on them. Secondly, when you wear compression garments, it's vital to how effective they will be to your program. If you need to recover quickly, like during a rugby sevens tournament, wearing them between matches, or after a big event, which you have been training for for several weeks, then compression garments should be used to enhance your recovery. However, the inflammatory response is vital for the adaptation from training. If you wear compression garments regularly after training, even if it is a hard session, it could blunt the adaptive response and reduce the effectiveness of your program. As a rule of thumb, compression garments are good to use during a tournament or after a big competition, but may not be the best idea during training when adaptation is key. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode and it gave you enough information on compression garments that it allows you to make your own decisions on when and how to use them in your own training. It would be awesome if you could also leave us a review and share this episode on your Insta story to help grow the show. We will see you in the next one.